Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 37 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined here by Tristan. How's it going, everybody? It's been a while. Too long. <laughs> Definitely too long. Definitely Months. Definitely too long. Barra? Hi there. I'm new, and I'm really excited to be a part of this. And Allie. Hi. Also hey. new, joining us. I'm also new. Yeah. Excellent. I'm slightly Lovely. sick. Yeah, so my apologies. From, from the faraway southern lands, away from New England. Yep. Yeah, so we're... So, you, so you're listening to the Spoilercast, the most self-deprecating podcast on the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So, so what is the Spoilercast? Well, it's your look at what we've been playing. Sometimes we discuss some news. And at the end of the episode... The, the end, end of, of the, the episode. episode! We spoil a game for you. Oh yeah! Yep. Oh no, not spoilers! Yeah. <laughs> so you sell my beating so, heart. I didn't sign up for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. <laughs> so yeah, um, I would like to just, in terms of introducing myself and totally hijacking the storyline, <laughs> it, it happens. Keep like you do. Is the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, so I am, in terms of me, I work as a journalist. So uh, I actually know a few things about ethics and gaming journalism. Spoilers. Those of you. <laughs> Or amateurs do not <laughs> come at me, GG. Give us the voice. Give us the views. You guys never purport to be experts on yeah. uh, on, on ethics yeah, and gaming yeah, journalism yeah, or journalism in general. Yeah. You don't like. We're, here's the thing: people who pretend people who pretend to be lawyers, they don't get criticized for not knowing about the law. But but wait, but, uh, wait, 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 Yes. So are you saying? Yes. That just because I played every Ace Attorney game all the way through, I'm not a legal professional? Yeah, you're, you're not a legal professional. <laughs> it's actually funny you I'm say sorry. that because at the most recent PAX, that just happened, what, last week? Two yeah. Weeks, two, yeah. Last, last weekend? Week? Yeah. Uh, at most recent PAX East, one of my friends and colleagues actually was part of the panel for ethics and game journalism. So I, I maybe off, <laughs> hey, that's cool. Offline, we'll, uh, and how there have never been ethics and game journalism. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I didn't right. actually watch it. No, but. I mean, I think it would be probably right. interesting to discuss a little bit on the cast too. I mean. Because one of the things that I find a little frustrating as a journalist, say, I'm a straight news journalist. Sometimes I get to write an editorial. Yeah. I used to also uh, review movies, but for the most part, I make my bread and butter working for week working for weekly weekly newspapers, uh, which, believe it or not, still make a profit. That's one of the. It's actually a steady job. What in print journalism. isn't dead? Holy shit! No, weekly newspapers <laughs> are really really steady, mainly because we're internet proof. Ha <laughs> ha! You can't get us yet uh, because yeah. no one. But well, you wouldn't download a newspaper, would you? Uh, you can read almost Wait, all of our content. <laughs> you can read all of our content online, actually, if you want to go to the Foxborough Reporter. Uh, but what I will say is, is that uh, a lot of time is, is that when it comes to a mo- uh, 99.9% of games journalism is opinion journalism. And the fact of the matter is, is that you're allowed to have opinions when you're doing opinion journal. The editorial page of the New York Times is allowed to have opinions. Uh, when someone is reviewing a restaurant, you're allowed to have opinions and when you are reviewing a video game, you're allowed to have opinions. And bringing in media criticism, bringing in your own personal thoughts on like how it might reflect gender or politics or whatever, that is a legitimate form of journalism. Now, you as a consumer have the option of discounting that person's reviewer, that, that reviewer's opinions because they're bringing in things that you don't find to be particularly relevant. But Barra, it's Barra, not I don't like things that are different from me. I find it scary and unsettling. <laughs> and, and the main thing I will always say to folks who have a problem with like this whole the whole like SJW conspiracy and gaming journalism, whatever, is that honestly, if you want 
to have games journalism that is less focused on treating games like a legitimate art form and criticized in the same way that <laughs> movies and art is, which by the way is really cool. Uh, that that we're that we're getting that even if you don't agree agree with it, like you know, the fact is that movies have been. Uh, subject to this academic criticism for decades and the fact that some people are using this with games is a step forward but if you want more of the old-fashioned kind of press thing i say go and give a patreon to someone who says they're going to do that go start up your own like go buy ads on on something don't tear other people down makes it make your make your own content speak with your wallet exactly don't, speak with your wallet because your it's not an ethics too. fight it's a it, ethics fight it's about how you want to spend your money and how you want to spend a, spend your views there cut, it never had to be this giant fight cut to atari buying positive game scores for games that are unfinished and, in 1987 and that <laughs> is actually a yeah. problem because all, with all of this Thing with all these like off, let's let's say what it is all these cultural conservatives trying to insert themselves in and oftentimes take advantage of gaming culture like so many pe- so many people in the anti gamergate mu- movement or or in the gamergate movement have absolutely no actual connection with video games which is right. the ironic thing yeah. um you know well, they, they, they like hop the lead singer wagon. something from Disturbed who was like all about gamergate and was like I, I just <laughs> something weird. Yeah, no. Is it the same like... guy that just uh, covered Sound of Silence? <laughs> Don't make me hate Disturbed. That was... <laughs> oh, <laughs> They're like the, 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 the Disturbed is my Disturbed is my one of my that's shitty one of the joys. Songs. That's gonna be one of the songs <laughs> in our credits. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sound of Silence. I, I love them. Who but... got super on Gamergate? Um, yeah. the one who played um. Oh God! What's his name? See, that's uh, because this isn't on YouTube. We can use songs. Because there right. is a there is a legit there are legitimate problems with ethics in game and journalism, but they have nothing to do about editorial about editorializing or a secret SJW agenda. They have to do with the fact that because the industry is young and such, there are you have companies trying to squelch negative reviews to shape to to shape criticism, and that is unethical. It is unethical for. For uh, for companies not to, especially to secretly try to shape try to shape the opinion, uh, shape opinions. That's why you have people like Jim Sterling, who go on to totally cut ads out of their stuff and go on Patreon. Mm-hmm. That is actually like reasonable and good, and that is really the stuff you should be shouting about. Sh- people should have been shouting about from the rafters from the beginning. It's just yeah. it got caught up on this stupid cultural war thing, and also this stupid thing about like not treating women like people which is really terrible and, well i'm not know. people i didn't know if you guys were aware of this you're not a person <laughs> at all ali you're a mushroom thing that's why we like you An go mushroom in the corner mushroom thing. exactly An, like, unknowable oh, mushroom like thing boss. <laughs> in completely unrelated news you can find the 300 boy patreon it <laughs> yes at not, at not created yet slash 300 boy.gov <laughs> it's Uh-oh. true please give this tristan an excuse to make money off of this yeah. three headed boy plus mushroom person <laughs> and al you are a person so let's hear a little bit about yourself yeah you. definitely oh, yeah, i talked person. way too much about stuff and segued into and my you're favorite still people talking to way too much about stuff. i am a terrible human Allie, talk about yourself. Go ahead. Oh, God, I don't like talking about myself. Jeez. Uh, I just really like video games. I'm a professional in dealing with small children. Mm -hmm. So as a respite from that, I come home and play video games all day. And it's great. Um, Bloody, gory. Pretty much. Or, you know, like sometimes things that just make me cry. Because as an adult woman, I am constantly in a state of yelling about how 
you know, things, things are, are terrible, terrible for me, for and crying. crying. This, is, this is the natural state of being a woman. And, and speaking <laughs> of games we've been playing lately that have been making us cry, making us oh. cry. Yeah, I like what we did there. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I do, I do. The actual topic of today's episode is indie games, and specifically we're going to be talking about a couple, uh, Firewatch, Unravel, Super Hot, which Tristan is super hype about. Super <clears throat> hype! Super Hype. And I'm probably going to talk a little bit about The Witness just because I love it so so damn much. Jonathan Blow makes me feel stupid, though. Yeah. I can't play his games. Yeah. He makes me feel really dumb. Can I uh, get, can I activate Ali's squee button, though, yeah. for just one second? Sure. Ali, what oh, do you God. think about uh, the new Uncharted coming out? <sighs> I'm just going to sit here with a big old smile on my face. Do you guys Are you guys really into that? Excited about that one? I know Ali I... is the biggest Uncharted fan I know. Because I actually want probably the next spoiler cast to be about... I think that'll be around the time for another spoiler cast for Uncharted 4. Probably. So Yay. we'll have to revisit. Can we just finally have our Uncharted Tomb Raider crossover where Nathan Drake and Laura Croft meet and raise a bunch of, like... Gorgeous children. Yeah, but I no, like his girlfriend. I'm sorry, Tristan, but new ver- new reboot Laura has a girlfriend, and her name is Sam. And I'll be damned if they don't ever bring that shit back up again. Wait, you cannot you cannot end your game with Laura Croft, princess carrying Sam down a mountainside with a literal golden ray of light, a la the Lion King, shining down upon them, and not call them girlfriends. <laughs> Wait, like, Laura's on. a canonical lesbian right now. Sort of ish. They kind of we ship it, and that's yeah. what's important. That's what's important. As so basically, SJW on the show now. I support it. Awesome. So basically, what you're saying is they corsamied it, but they didn't confirm it like uh, Avatar yeah. did. So they like basically yeah. went to the edge, and but they didn't have the helpful creators being like, oh, and by the way, no, yes, no, no, they no. are gay. No, no, no. They're totally <laughs> together. Guys. Stop. Stop. Well, I think there's actually some argue. stuff about them being together in the comics, but it's been a while since I've kept up with the comics. So, but but, but Laura Croft and Nathan Drake. Think of the children. Yeah. They're the archaeological prodigies. But I, I really like the fact that, uh, and to, display, to be fair, I've only like done Archer by like watching all the story through. But I really like in the story that he has this really nice girlfriend, wifey situation. Yeah, I don't want to destroy way, love. That's like breaking up Spider Man and MJ. Yeah, but then you, Grr, but then you reveal, Marvel. but then you reveal that Indiana Jones is secretly Nathan Drake's uncle. Yeah, and you just bring no. it all together. There it is. See, I was going to take that in a different direction, but, you know, that's because I'm the resident SJW and was going to say that Indiana Jones is Nathan Drake's boyfriend, but, you know, that's just me. I mean, that could be great. What, I mean, what is... Uncle Indy! What are you doing here? Oh, God, no. Now you've made it bad, Tristan. (laughs) It belongs in a museum. I need the money! That's what we're calling it these days. (laughs) Excellent. Cool. So, um, I don't. Do we want to just get right into talking about one of these? I, things? I think yeah. So. Yes. Go talk. Go talk about this stuff. So, I've actually played neither of these games. So, explain to me why I should be hyped about them, and I will. Yeah. I will be All there right. and look pretty. Yeah. Well, here, has anyone besides me touched Unraveled? No. Alan? Yeah. Okay. Um. So, Unraveled is a game uh, by a new independent. I believe. I believe they're Swedish. Uh, development mm-hmm. Adorable play... Swedish yarn man. Yes. Sweet cinnamon bun who is too good, too pure for this world. You might remember this game from the last year's E3 when they were 
the creator of the game was on stage. I forget at which conference with like the little yarn dude. He, he, it was the EA conference. EA and conference. people were like, "What is this? What is this like? Just normal this like angel? great guy doing with EA?" Um, <laughs> so Unraveled is the tale of a little yarn man who explores the outside world and sort of uncovers these fragments of memories of the person who knitted him into existence. Um, what's really cool is that as you run, you leave behind a little yarn trail. So what you can do is you can use your yarn trail to create bridges, to make like rope swings, to tie stuff together, but you only have a limited amount of yarn until you find more. Uh, so it's a neat little like platforming mechanic where you use your own path to sort of get around things. Um, there's some kind of fiendish puzzles in there. And there's almost, I don't think there's any dialogue actually in the game. It's all told through like photographs and stories and sort of the environment around you. And it's, it's this wonderful little sort of delve into a person, into a specific person's history and their memories. So if, if you are looking for like, if you're looking for basically like a little big planet, but heartwarming, <laughs> that's unraveled so i'll just touch on that really but quick. heartwarming what, yeah. is, what is little big planet then uh, penis levels. and unfeeling <laughs> penis levels everywhere oh, I was, what does little big planet have like, to do with the male stuff, genitalia like knocked out like the god of war level the metal gear level yeah exactly i loved little big planet <clears throat> i loved making levels when I was yeah. younger and the first but it's, came out. But, it's, but that's what it is. It's not a, it doesn't have that sort of heartwarming, like, this is a story you're going into aspect. Speaking of games that talk about, kind of tell you the story through, like, little audio logs or through other means than, like, normal interaction, uh, I played The Witness. Yeah. And I wanted to bring that one up a little, little bit. Um, the most pretentious <laughs> game in years. Just about, yeah. So so The Witness is, is brought to you by John Beautiful, Pumbo. though. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a prettier game in the last year or so. The colors are just absolutely amazing. It's gorgeous. It takes place on an island, and for the most part, you can see across the entire island from wherever you are. Um, it's brought to you by the Jonathan Blow, and if you're not familiar with who he is, um, those of you 10 people out there listening, it is, uh, <laughs> it is um, basically like he's the guy who brought you Braid. And Braid was sort of like a really cool, clever platformer uh, with time travel mechanics and... And, and other cool stuff like that. Basically time manipulation, effectively. <clears throat> so it was really cool. Really excited for it. When it came out, I jumped up for joy, ran to my room and downloaded it immediately and, and played it. And it's really great. I, I, have any of you played it yet? No. I've seen so, bits and pieces of it. My uh, boyfriend's a huge Jonathan Blow fan. So he was like, as he was playing through it, he's running around the island showing me all sorts of stuff. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Yeah. God, I could not play this because I just, those puzzles would drive me insane. Cool. Um, so I watched someone doing a full LP of it until they got to the part with the 10 minute black and white silent film oh. of a man <laughs> oh, walking yeah. through the wind and dedicated them on like, and I had terrible flashbacks about film courses from college mm-hmm. and pretentiousness. And I was just like, nope, nope. So I, nope, I, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Wash my hands of this. No more. I've had enough of this. Here you go again on your own. See, that's the nice thing. So we can do stuff like this on this in this format, but not on YouTube. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't think we were quite, quite on, on the pitch where we would have gotten flagged by YouTube for that one. So just you, I thought no, that you YouTube, just need to overlay copyright I'm actually a little confused by the YouTube policy at the moment because I, can't you still like post a cover of post a YouTube video? It depends video? on the song. Wait, they yeah. prevent you from just like posting a guitar cover of some songs? Yes. Yeah, it depends mm-hmm. on what song it is. It depends on the song. That's so stupid. Welcome to try. As the U- person who manages the YouTube channel, welcome to my life. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's. I want to post this video. Oh God! Please don't get a copyright strike for bullshit reasons. Please don't get a copyright I... strike for bullshit reasons. We got one, didn't we? For like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> uh, oh God. No, no. It was one of the. It, so we got a copyright strike for one of the hyperdimensional Neptunia videos uh. because I tried to use the song from Kill the Kill. Don't lose your way. Ironically, in less than ten seconds of it, and they were like, "Nope." Copyright strike, and there's no audio whatsoever on your video. So I have to I take actually, it down, take out the song, just take out all the audio, and put up a little caption that says, there should be a song here, but YouTube is a dumb. And then I re-uploaded it. <laughs> I actually have a funny, slightly related story, not to get us too off track, but uh, my friend has a YouTube channel, and he's been doing a Shadow of the Colossus playthrough. Oh, nice. And his first episode... Um, his YouTube channel, by the way, is Tactical Dinner Roll. You guys should all go follow him. Yeah. Zing. I love Ted's um, delicious dinner rolls. got flagged for um, copyright infringement for 30 seconds of video of just the actual game, of him talking during the actual game, by G4. Yep. Saying that it was a clip from Attack of the Show. Yep. Wow. Just, yeah. The G4 doesn't even exist yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. the heck? The from the grave? So wait, they... From, they... He- from the depths of hell, I stab at the random YouTuber. So <laughs> G4 destroyed everything that was good about itself, destro- like, went off the air, and now it's still just existing to flag random game content. <laughs> to destroy. Yep. Pretty much. They, they made Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb unemployed, and now they're doing this. Basically. Shame on Pretty them much. all. Well, it's not even them. It's like YouTube's content ID, like freaking robots that they use to find stuff. And yet somehow, so we get flagged for using just the machines. Less, so we get flagged for using less than ten seconds of a song, ironically, uh, in one of our videos. And yet there are entire albums of pre-existing artists up on YouTube. Oh yeah, whenever I want to mm-hmm. like check out an album, I just like go and listen to it. Actually, ironically, the only person who was really good at making sure his music wasn't on YouTube until he died was Prince. Yep. I could not yep. get a single I because I, I got a Yenon one time. Oh, I'll listen to Little Red Corvette. Couldn't find I could find covers to Prince's credit. Couldn't find anything of it. Just like, wow, Prince takes care of his intellectual property. Oh, Respect. <laughs> yeah, he does. Then he died. See, by the way, that cover of um, I think wasn't it was able uh, to make it. I can't remember if it was uh, Coachella or something, but there's a cover that he did of Radiohead's Creep a couple years back. That's Ooh, absolutely that's amazing. amazing. Oh, cool. I mean, Prince is an amazing artist. Like, I, it's a tragedy <laughs> that he's dead. He apparently also did a lot of wonderful work for charity. Yeah. Uh, so, a lot of yeah, wonderful rest work for charity that he did anonymously. Right, because he like, was a Jehovah's mm-hmm. Witness, and he didn't believe in putting that stuff yeah. on yeah. himself. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. God bless Prince. Where were we? Where were we? We were on The Witness. We were on The Witness. The Witness. And so talk about The Witness board, because I'm so unclear what exactly you're doing sure. in The Witness. You so, are drawing lines with yeah. your mouse. So, or on the PlayStation with your with your analog stick. But basically, The Witness is just a, a puzzle game, effectively. But it takes place on an island, and every puzzle in the game is a line puzzle. Yeah. But the way in which you solve the line puzzles changes, and throughout the island, you sort of learn... There are different shapes, and there are different things on the lines themselves, and you have to learn as you go through the island what each thing does and what it means. 
So basically, it's a game with its own language and its Ooh. own set of rules. And that's really what it's about. It's about that's why it's called The Witness. It's sort of about how you see things. It's it not it's not like the movie with Harrison Ford. You know, it's not about being with honest. The it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not about it's not about witnessing a crime or anything like that. It's about learning. Like it's it's sort of like an exploration, and that's why people are deeming it pretentious, right? So it's it's sort of like an exploration of perspective and how you learn and and how and how things work, basically, in, in that sense. The game uses all five of your senses to solve puzzles. Even taste? Oh, sorry. Oh, you have to taste the unless, unless, unless you're Even just... smell? <laughs> so, all okay. three senses. It uses all three senses. All I, even I, tactile? I, I, yeah, I, 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 thought, I thought out this one really well. No, it uses the, <laughs> it uses the three senses that you could. Um, you got mailed um, a bottle of Jonathan Blow's sweat, blood, and tears yeah, that yeah, he yeah. produced while making this That's game. what happens, yeah. That's... It changes the surface of my mouse to yeah. based on what I'm actually touching? Just taking apart Dan one <laughs> sense at a time. Well, I would assume that if you're playing on the PlayStation, there's some vibration that yeah, can help you solve a problem. Some of the so touch yeah. is is yeah, essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do it on the PC actually, but anyway, it's it's just really cool. And you, you know, the whole game you can beat at once. Like you could go up to the final puzzles and beat them immediately. But so there are no real keys or places you have to unlock. But there are puzzles that you don't know how to solve, and you have to go through the game and learn how to solve them from other puzzles, mm. and then return. And if you can't think of the answer to something, it's usually a better idea to leave, think about it, and come back, and you'll have a different perspective on things, and you'll be able to solve it pretty quickly. So it's one of those really cool games. Um, the, the, my least favorite part of the game was what Tristan was just talking about, which are these really long black-and-white videos, and really anything that has to do with a story in the game is really disappointing and pointless. Uh, <laughs> it would have been better if they just got rid of all the audio logs you can find in the island, got rid of all those movies that you can play, and just made them puzzles. Because it's more fun just getting addicted and just sort of trying to figure out how to beat these puzzles. So that actually sounds really interesting to me as someone who both lo who's loves video games and also, I'm going to spoil this video game criticism because a lot of times indie games get criticized for being too much like a movie or right. too much like a choose-your-own-adventure. I mean, the whole depression quest, people getting mad at that was because like, oh, it's not actually it. It sounds like this, though, is something that like is an indie game that is all that it's all about the game mechanics. It sounds yeah. like the main, like, quote-unquote pretentious thing is the fact that it is truly delving into game mechanics. It is yeah. utilizing game mechanics. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that a lot of times stories that people fought games that people find successful story-wise that have less game elements like you know depression quest but in terms of something that people have responded better to that that dragon cancer mm -hmm. uh you know the dear esther like all those games apparently have really good story work but questions about like how much of them are, how much are they a game like how right. intrinsic are the gaming elements mm -hmm. and even though people really like the story elements it sounds like the story elements here are lacking but the gaming <laughs> elements are perfect which i, I know what are you i know that's well, a really that, long that brings, question well, but that brings to mind yeah. though, with me like a whole bunch of these visual novel games we're mm -hmm. seeing on steam yeah like soccer spirit yeah which is like it's sort of like a dating sim yeah but as far as i've seen you never make any actual choices right so why is it on something like steam right because if you have no agency yes. except clicking to advance to the next <clears throat> text box is that a game yes i mean i i think that that's uh yeah i do think i, I think that that is a, that, that that's definitely an interesting an interesting topic i tend to fit my personal thoughts on 
on games or in many ways a lot of my own personal thoughts on identity is that if somebody wants to identify a game as a game they should be allowed to identify it as a game and then the market and then the market and consumers can decide <clears throat> is this something that i really want to want to engage uh, to want to engage with and that I want want to spend my money on. I think that because oftentimes these visual novel novels are so very different, there should be very clear things explaining what this is. I think that uh, what this is, I think a good refund policy on Steam is is appropriate. Uh, but at the end of the day, I I think you know like the definition of a game is is you call something a game, and whether something is a successful game is really up, well, to, that's up to you is is, is, is yeah. up to the person who's who's play who's, who's right. playing because i swear if i go through another one of these things and get the hair mending without trying i'm going to be livid <laughs> right and i mean like the question like and a lot of times i think you may just want to prefer to like if you want to have a harem anime you might just want to watch a harem anime or read a manga but uh but yeah i think that's interesting <clears throat> But uh, in terms of like the long question, I was, I was having facetious there. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the long question, Dan, uh, what do you think about the the, fa- the fact that this is an indie game which just like embraces the mechanics when so many other indie games really oftentimes fudge them or don't get praised for the mechanics? It's actually my cup of tea. So yeah. I I'm come from that old school gaming background of you boot up Mario, mm-hmm. you hit the start button, and you go. Yeah. And there really isn't much of a storyline there, and it's really all about the gameplay. And that's yeah. why I loved Braid so much and why yeah. I was sort of knew we were in good hands with The Witness because the Braid is all about the gameplay too. There's a cool little story in there, you mm-hmm. know, about Love Lost, but it's a really cool, just fun well-made game the mechanics are solid and right. the new ideas are really cool yeah the witness is the same way it's yeah all about gameplay there aren't any tutorials mm-hmm. um at all like nothing guides you you just figure out how to do everything yourself and it's just it, it's wonderful for that for that reason um i think it's also real what you were just talking about actually you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about the refund policy and what deems a game a game these were all like large conversations that came out with firewatch yeah which is another game we want to talk about let's talk about firewatch so while we're talking games based on mechanics yeah while we're on that route let me talk about super hot Okay, really quick, and then let's we'll... hit, let's hit Super Hot. Segue. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, Super Hot well, was actually on our agenda. Yeah. Super Hot is on our agenda. I think it ties in more carefully here now that we're talking about games based on mechanics. So yeah. tell me about Super so, uh, Super Hot. Super Hot is the most innovative first-person shooter I've played in years. Everyone should play Super Hot. Holy shit! Super <laughs> Hot. Super Hot. Super Hot. Super Hot. Super Hot. I can't wait to edit that later. I can't wait to edit that later. I'm glad my ears aren't yours right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for anyone who's interested in Superhot, you can see I did a high point video on it mm-hmm. on the YouTube, our you YouTube channel. Yes. YouTube.com slash three headed boy. We actually have a unique URL. It is a it is a first person shooter. But is it well yeah, it's a first person shooter. That's what I should call it. But it is more puzzle-based than it is reflex-based. Because the the primary mechanic of Superhot is that time only moves when you move. So, if I stand still, everything else remains perfectly still. So I can be in the middle of a horde of enemies. Mm-hmm. And I can stop and take stock of my surroundings. Some things do still move. So, for example, like bullets will still move, but they'll move very slowly. So the point I make in the, in the video is that you basically have control over your own bullet time. 
Mm-hmm. What it is. So the slower you move, the slower time moves, faster you move, the faster time moves. Right. Um, it, it is one of the coolest things to take out an enemy, take a step back, and then very slowly watch a bullet slowly crawl right in front of your face and just go, that almost hit me in the skull. <laughs> um, everything is one-shot kills, ex- uh, except for punching. You have to punch things like three times. Um, the whole point of it is that you are an amateur hacker uh, who has found this crack program to get into this company's website and access this program called superhot.exe. And as it goes on, you start hacking it, but it starts hacking you back. Um, cool. And eventually... The hacker becomes the hacked. Basically. And at the very, very end, spoilers for Superhot, uh, you are basically mind control hacked into becoming a drone for this program, uh, for this company. Breaking into I'm, what I'm assuming is a secure government facility and sort of bri- imprinting your brain into this control system. And then it goes, well, good little drone. Now you need to help recruit some help. So you're going to tell everyone that Super Hot is the most innovative first-person shooter you've played in years and that they should all play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so meta. Right. So it, get, it gets wonderfully meta in it. Uh, the really cool thing, too, is that after you've beaten a level, you see your playthrough at normal speed. Right. Which looks awesome. Uh, there's one level where you are stuck in an elevator with three guys with guns, and you've got nothing. And it can be a really hard level until you realize that, oh, no, wait, what I have to do is I just have to juggle them. So it's punch the guy on the left, punch the guy on the right, punch the guy in the front. Grab the first guy's gun out of mid-air. Shoot him in the face with it. Throw that gun at the second guy. Grab his gun. Use that gun to shoot the third guy. <clears throat> so basically, you're, so basically you can speed up time or slow time down as part of the... Well, it's normal speed, right? Or... So, so, so the game speed is based on your movement speed. Cool. Um, the cool, the, the absolute like, coolest thing this game, done, game does is fire off my rounds. Shit, my gun's empty. I throw it into another guy's face, causing him to let go of his gun. I grab his gun out of midair and shoot him in the face with it. Nice. It sounds like you get to be Neo from the Matrix. Yes. It's awesome. It ba- it, that sounds really great. Um, we can definitely, we can do a quick glance at it here if we have time after the podcast. Oh, of course. Um, it's super cool. The art style is like very polygonal and minimalistic. Vector <clears throat> comes to mind. Yeah. Um, vector based yeah and it does cool things with like your perspective like when you're getting like yanked out of the program like the world starts breaking down around you and oh it's cool shit it's so cool it's awesome so those are two games with like pretty hot mechanics and less focus on story then i mean that one has although it seems like it has a really cool story it seems like it has a really cool cool simple story yeah yeah it's not complex and it's very much kind of a like presented to you or not, it's not very presented to you, so you kind of like fill in gaps yourself, right? As you go, it sounds a lot like that. To it sounds very, uh, very nineties pre Half Life. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the way shooter stories were before Valve was like, "Hey, we can make this epic." Yeah, or in many ways, like the way RTS stories were before, um, 
before Blizzard really got its hands on stuff and was like, yeah, let's 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 uh let's craft an engaging, well thought out backstory for this world. Exactly. Uh, it makes me think of movies from the '90s where when uh, computers were the hot new thing to have in your house and yeah. everybody yeah. Yeah. very much got cool that teenage vibe. hacker. Um, or or the um. The... I believe it also has uh, headset like like uh, Rift support as well. Oh, nice. Which would be oh. amazing. Oh, that's great. What was that Disney Channel original movie where the mom was the house? Oh, oh I remember um, that oh, thing. God, I just looked this up the other day. <laughs> Damn. Isn't that nice see, when we all see, are roughly the same one age? Of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Ali, you're, you're, you're already like, a part of our wavelength. Well, Allie, you're like just two years younger than me, right? Because uh, you're Tamara's yes. age. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Ah. <sighs> God damn it! I'm gonna get really mad if I can't remember the name of that movie. Yeah. Sorry. We'll, we'll come back to it. We'll, we'll oh, it. Smart House. Thank you. That's it. Oh. 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 Kind of an anticlimactic title, but that's what it's called. Dun, dun. It's like the precursor to Glados, really. Yeah. In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a stream lamp I turned my color to the cold and damp When my eyes were stained Flash of a neon light that split the night and touch the sound of silence. And in the naked light, I saw ten thousand people, maybe more, people talking. Um, oh. So I guess, so you were on Firewatch. Yeah. So, yeah, so Firewatch. So I, I'll actually just flip it right over to Allie, who can start talking because she just got done playing Firewatch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You should talk, Allie. We're terrible people. <laughs> we're perpetuating yeah, awful I, systems. I've been meaning to play it for a long time, but it turned out it was um, PlayStation's having um, 
you know, it's eternal sales. There's also a Golden Week sale, so if you like anime, go check out their stuff for Golden Week before it ends, because there's some great stuff. Um, but I bought it yesterday, and I finished it at 3.30 in the morning today, <laughs> and then I went to bed. Wow. Yeah. I was tired and sad. So I guess, like, circling back on everything we've been talking about with regards to how do we define what a game is, you know, with regards to the gameplay versus the story, and your experience with with uh, Firewatch, all I know is that it was an emotional ending for you, but you can elaborate <laughs> from there. Um, well, just to talk real quick about definition of a game, for me personally, if I interact with something that's on a screen, it's a video game to me. It's just what I find to be the simplest thing, because to me that opens a lot of doors of, oh, like, I consider that a game, I'd like to try it. Like, a lot of these visual novels not entirely dating sims. I find myself playing a lot of them, like a Kindness Coins is one of them. I find myself playing those because I let my definition for me personally of games be very broad. So I never look at something and go, oh, I don't think I'd like that because that doesn't look like a game. I, I try to be a little bit more generous with my definition, even if I don't think the gameplay mechanics are great. Like in that Dragon Cancer is absolutely amazing as an interactive piece of media but there are some gameplay elements in that game that are just not not great like there's this whole race car sequence that's just very it feels out of place and it tries to it's what happens when you try too hard to have a very story-based heavy game with gameplay and elements that just feel kind of stuck in there for the purpose of saying oh no we're not going to get called a game if we uh don't have a sequence here that's very gameplay e. so uh race cars yeah, and, and Firewatch, I mean, it, for better or for worse, you can read my review on the site, uh, <laughs> but for better or for worse, um, it doesn't really divert very much in its gameplay and its core gameplay mechanics, which is... Was Walk from, here, look at this thing, inspect right. this thing. Grab I, the I turtle. I think that kind of works Grab to its strength, Reynolds. though. Mm -hmm. Excuse you, that turtle's name is Bucket Jr. Yeah. Turt Reynolds for life! <laughs> but no, I think that, that speaks to... Um, I think that works in Firewatch's favor, though, because at the same time, in terms of story length, despite the fact that I stayed up really late to play it, I didn't spend that long playing it. I don't think it overstays its welcome. And there are ways in which you can make it more difficult for you. Like, when I booted up the game, I'm looking at the options, and you can have an option to turn off the map marker that tells you where you are. So you actually have to use your map and use your surroundings to figure out where the heck you are in this campsite, which I thought was really cool. And for me, it reminded me a lot of times when I would go camping as a kid. Mm -hmm. Not that I was very good at it, but I liked it. I like, for me, I'm more of a person that even when I'm driving, I get to places better if I have some sort of visual landmark. Like street names, don't give me street names. Right. Those confuse me. But like, hey, big brick building with this color sign, or like this building over here with these glass windows, that works perfectly for me. So I played a little bit of Firewatch like that last night, because I was like, okay, I want to see how far I can get in these woods without going crazy by turning off that little marker on my map. And I found myself getting really familiar with uh, key parts of the map, which was really cool. So, and I loved it. So, Allie, why don't you, as someone who's just fresh off the game, why don't you explain what Firewatch is about and how it works and why it made you so sad? <sighs> oh, but and this is the spoiler cast, so... Is this the we game we're spoiling? We will be spoiling this game. Yeah, so I think we'll be spoiling yeah. it. I'm sorry, spoilers are inbound. Spoilers are why I cry. So the game, you start off... Um, 
it's mostly text on the screen and then in between these sections of text on the screen you are the player character walking around through the Shoshone Park which is in Colorado which is beautiful by the way um, it starts off with the story of you the player character Henry meeting your wife-to-be Julia at a bar and it's very clear from the get-go that Henry's maybe not the brightest bulb in the shed but he obviously really really loves this woman but he kind of kind of makes himself an ass at every turn like when he first goes up to her he sees that she's surrounded by like a bunch of grad students and stuff and he asks her in a very drunken manner what her major is and she just goes um I'm a professor <laughs> what's your major toxicology <laughs> which I thought was a great sick burn and in this because <laughs> seriously the for me one of the winning things in this game alone is the dialogue between um, Henry and another main character that we meet a little bit later after this introductory part. So in the beginning, you learn about how Henry and Julia meet. There's um, these interesting little bits in this where you can kind of pick what happens. Like there's a part where Julia wants to get a dog and the dog that she really wants is this little beagle. And but the dog that Henry really wants is a German Shepherd. So you can pick between the two. And if you pick the German Shepherd, its name is Mayhem. If you pick the beagle, its name is Bucket Jr. Um, and like other things like this, like you guys are at a carnival or something and this guy comes up to mug you and he ends up kicking your dog, uh, Bucket Jr. So you as Henry can either run away or you can try to beat the shit out of the guy who then beats the shit out of you and, um, just stuff like this. And as you get further into the intro, you, um, find out that Julia, they live in Boulder, Colorado together, but you find out that Julia has a job offer at a prestigious New England College. I think it's like Yale or something like that. <laughs> if only. But so, um, Julia goes to work there and she comes home three times a semester to visit her husband. But you find out that she's having sort of these episodes where she gets really confused and frightened and easily snaps out at people. And um, one of the, real quick aside, one of the things I really appreciate about this game is that the age of the main characters, all these people are like in their 40s, which you never see in games, like ever in terms of pro tags, unless if you're like, I'm a sad, gruff dad and I have to protect my daughter character. <laughs> <laughs> but so um, Julia comes home and they go to the doctor and it turns out... Um, her diagnosis comes back that she has dementia, dementia, severe dementia at age 41. Oh, wow. Yeah, get those feels in there. And this all happens was, within like two minutes at the beginning of the yeah, game. Yeah, it's within like two minutes of the like, game, and I was like crying because for, for me, it's also a very personal thing. My grandmother has very severe dementia. Yeah. So every time I go and see her, she starts to recognize me less and less. Mm. So I, I feel, I feel, I'm on, le on the level with you, Henry. I feel you. Yeah, my grandmother had had dementia as well, passed away, and it was it was pretty difficult. So I, I it kind of hit me in the feels too. Yeah, my my Oma also has vascular dementia. Although, I truly enough, it's gotten a little better after we've uh, taken down her medication. Like basically, we found out that you know she needs she's ninety six. She needs less medications than they were giving her, mm -hmm. and that's like made it so she has more access. Her brain seems to have more access, if that makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. It's also, yeah. I used to take care of her in summers when, like, she just needed people to cook and drive her around. So 
knocking wood, I'm one of the people she's able to recognize more, mm-hmm. which is, it's a real blessing, but mm-hmm. it's, it's still really sad. I mean, you know, my Oma was like literally as sharp as she ever was at 90 before she just always fell off a cliff. So mm-hmm. it, it's a tragic thing. And to experience that in your forties, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. So it sends Henry into a downward spiral of depression. Um, it's actually in the beginning of the game, he is seen to already have a proclivity for drinking much too much alcohol. So he starts going out late every night and not coming home until like one or two in the morning drinking. And finally, um, one of these nights when he's out drinking, like just it, I can't remember specifically what happened, which is a shame because I literally just played this like <laughs> yeah. 24 hours ago. That's what happens when you cram like that though. You kind of start to yeah, details, you know, but, um, basically, uh, oh, he gets pulled over and gets a DUI. That's what it is. Yep. And so Julia's parents, who are from Australia, get really pissed off at him, understandably, and have her move back to Australia with uh, with them. So then Henry's like, well, I don't know what the fuck to do with my life. I can't apparently handle the responsibility of taking care of my own wife because there's a little sort of, um, not exactly RPG, but earlier I talked about how you can sort of pick between different options in the game. There's an option of you sending Julia to a, like, not a nursing home, but, like, basically, like, a 24-hour care facility or keeping her at home with you to take care of her. And I chose to keep her at home with me to take care of her. So that situation is where you get the DUI. But I'm wondering, and I want to go back and play it and see if if you uh, pick the option to put her in the care facility if she somehow gets hurt while at the care facility because you know there's lots of horror stories surrounding that kind of crap definitely if you play through it again also make sure to take mayhem <laughs> oh no i i do i do want to do that because i picked i picked bucket jr i took i picked bucket jr i think I, I i brought her to a a nursing home and i i i don't think anything bad happens okay maybe maybe that's just me being somewhere in the back of my mind worried about my grandmother but anywho so she moves back in henry's like i can't deal with life so he ends up going to the shoshone um park in colorado to be a a lookout for fires in the park and there um and which by the way you never except for like brief characters off in the distance you never meet the other main character in the game who is delilah who for me has some of the best writing and i have ever scene in the game because her banter with Henry just feels so natural and organic and like this is really what people who have been this messed up in their lives would talk to each other like and it's really it's it's sad but it's also very refreshing I agree and that that's the experience I had with it too I I, I loved everything that had to do with like the storyline and, and the characterization and the and the, and the writing was awesome so I, I will say that with this game, I loved the dialogue. I loved the characters. The story is where I felt left out. Go ahead, Tristan. And we'll get into that. Oh. Well, because well, we should we should talk about what the story actually okay. is. Okay, all right. And then yeah, so. go forward with where I thought the story was going and how this sure. game was originally presented. Okay, cool. so Ali, you were talking about what it was like to uh, – you were, you were talking about like you're now – in this uh, in this fire in this fire tower and looking for fires in Shoshone Park and talking with this other person. So what happens then? Like, what's the gameplay and the story like once you're in the park? So the gameplay mostly uh, consists of you talking to Delilah on your uh, walkie-talkie and just wandering around the park and doing sort of various tasks for her. But as you're going throughout the park, you start getting this sneaking suspicion that you're being spied on. 
and that your conversations with Delilah are uh, being recorded and monitored. Which, um, there's a point in the later game that I thought was uh, particularly, like, fascinating was, um, it's sort of the climax of them finding out whether or not they're actually being spied on. Because there's a lot of stuff in the game that also says, oh, they're not actually being spied on. Henry's just crazy because he's a depressed alcoholic running away from his responsibilities. And at one point in a conversation with Delilah, he says, how do I know that, you know, that you're not just lying to me about all the things we've talked about? Because they have a really, really deep, intimate relationship by the time the game ends. Because it takes over the course of a summer and um, he says, you know, how do I know you're not lying to me? Or how do I know you're not fake that my brain didn't, just didn't make you up? Like, what if I'm sick like Julia is? So there's a lot of um, nice points in the game where they kind of mess with your head like that. Does this I have really, voice acting in this really game? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is, is the oh, voice yeah. acting top notch? It's very good. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. But like uh, there's a sort of uh, one of the great moments that I liked in terms of the game sort of leading you astray is there's a point in the early game where um, Henry has to go investigate uh, fireworks being set off. And it turns out it's these two teenage girls skinny dipping in the pond. And you kind of have um, different options for how to deal with them. You can sort of deal with them in a less like nonviolent nature. You can threaten them. They had a boombox uh, next to the pond that they were listening to while they were skinny dipping. So I took their boombox and threw it in the pond. Oh, ah, you're hilarious. savage. But so then later, um, I happened upon their camp. And the night before, um, uh, Henry's watchtower had been broken into and a bunch of his stuff was stolen. So then he goes to the girls' camp later because he sees Smoke and Delilah's like, you know what? No, fuck them. We're going we're gonna to fuck them up. Make them run home crying to their mommies and daddies. Delilah says the word fuck a lot. It's pretty great. Um, so he gets to the camp, finds it's been ransacked, but then also finds his bed sheets there. So he's like, oh, it was these little assholes that broke into my into my tower. And then he finds a note that's written by presumably them saying, hey, you're a pervert. You're a psycho. We're going to call the cops on you. You shouldn't harass people like that. But then at another point in the game, a little earlier, you're climbing out of a cave at night and you see a lone figure off in the distance watching you. So part of, part of your mind's also thinking, wait, was it the girls that broke into the lookout tower or was it the weirdo watching me from the cliff? Or were they talking about, or maybe he was the one who ransacked their... Yeah, or... yeah exactly. So the game's very good at sort of a kind of diverging your attention from what's actually going on, even though I know, Tristan, you were saying the story wasn't the strongest part for you i liked those moments where it was like this could be happening or it could be this yes so so i will say that the best for me my favorite parts of this game were when we got into the intrigue and the paranoia and the conspiracy theories and we got deep into it and the problem i have i have with this game spoiler is that none of it is real well, the conspiracy isn't really super real. Like, you get into, like, all this paranoia stuff, and, like, like there's, a, there's, like, a scientific camp that's, like, that no one really knows about. Like, why is there this fence here? And you get into that, and there's, like, notes about you and your conversation with Delilah, and you get, in, like, really into it, and you're like, wait a minute, I found this kid's skeleton down here. What the hell happened? Mm-hmm. Like, you get really into it, and it's just, oh, no. It's just this other guy. Delilah no- has known he's been here, and she's been fucking with you. And I'm like, 
Wait, so so is he crazy or No, they were fucking with him. So wait, yes, why is they, there a kid skeleton? With him. So Oh, it's okay. We can have cats in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're friends uh, of cats here at the spoiler friends cast. Friends of cats. But no, uh, dogs only, bucket junior only. So says the cat. So the problem I, I have <laughs> is that well, so, so basically it's the person who's here. Well, so basically the story is that before you came along a few years ago, there was a father and son duo who managed your tower. Mm-hmm. Ned and Brian. Ned and Brian. And the whole point was trying to get Ned was the dad, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the whole point was that Ned was trying to toughen up Brian because Brian was a nerd who played like D and D and stuff. Uh, oh, also early on, you find a camera. You find a like you know single shot, yep. you know disposable camera that has already had some pictures taken on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you eventually discover that Brian died in a climbing accident. Mm-hmm. And that Ned has been living out in the woods this whole time. For three years. Yeah, and Delilah knows three about years. it. Three years. Yeah, and so Ned is the other person doing all this. But Delilah knows about it. She's just been fucking with you this whole goddamn summer. What I went into this hoping for was like, someone cut the line outside? There's this weird figure who's like bothering these like teenage campers? Am I been ransacked? Am I alone? Am I going insane? There's this camp here. Our conversations are being recorded. What's going on? I found this camera. There are already some pictures taken on it, and the kid who took it is dead. Like, I, I was hoping that it would go, like, straight. Like, conspiracy, mystery, horror. And at the very end, it does go back through the pictures you've taken with the camera. But you don't know what the first few pictures are. Because, like, the first few pictures of the role we're, we're doing it. So I was really hoping they'd be like, these are the pictures you took throughout this, you know, throughout the course of this, and then, because it would go, it went backwards from the most mm-hmm. recent picture to the last, and I was hoping that, like, after the first picture you took, it would start showing photos relating to the mystery you've uncovered. I mean, it had pictures of Ned and Brian, though. Right, but I wanted it to be more. I wanted it to be this, like, like you wanted... nutty conspiracy of like maybe the government running tests to study people in isolation and how it drives them fucking batty. So I so it so, it sounds like I felt let down. So it sounds like you wanted it, wanted this to be weird, and it it seems like that the that the general it seems like that this ended up being less of a paranormal mystery and more of just like a straight mystery. No, it, it, it seems like a straight mystery a story. Mystery. It's not even really a mystery. It's yeah, it's a mystery really for a mystery. like an hour maybe at the most, and then it's not anymore. an hour. An hour. So do you have spaced out? Do you have a choice in your endings at all, or you actually no. you actually do? You do. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. you can choose to stay and die in the fire. Yeah, you can choose to stay and die in the fire if you just hang out and don't go to the helicopter for a while. You eventually just get de- or if get you killed. Uh, I think if you head back. Oh, shit! I should have done that yeah. ending first. Yeah. What was um, it? And what's what? Why did it depress you, Ellie? I mean, to me, I. I under I understand where Trista is coming from with the intrigue thing, but at the same time, I'm not that upset about what happened in the actual ending. And I know that's a big point of contention for the game is a lot of people are like, this ending was a letdown. But for me, I don't know. There's something about the ending that really resonated with me. And I think part of it is that Henry realizes that he just needs to get the fuck over himself and face life. That's why even I, if life is not pretty. not pretty. 
that's why I like the ending too. I, I thought that in the story in general, because I thought it was a, it was sort of like to, to Tristan's point. I think the whole point of the game was to tell you that you know life isn't sort of like you're not really in control of some things, and sometimes like it's just life isn't as big and grand as you might be making it, and you're only one person, and sometimes you just have to get over yourself and. <laughs> yeah. so, so the problem, so the problem I have though is that it, is that it has a perfect setup for being a really good like horror mystery story, and that's how it was originally presented in advertisements. Like all oh, the advertisements true. and stuff focused very much on the paranoia and the like conspiracy aspect of it, and because it was spaced out so little, like it just pulls you along it's stringing you along and then just blue balls you hard <laughs> and i was just like <coughs> and i was like fuck this shit i'm out yeah well i mean what i think is i'm now really interested in playing this too, yeah i think you'd love it Barra. i think you, you think i'd love it especially the character of henry i think you'd really like him he's kind of an asshole but kind of an endearing asshole Kind of like me. Yeah, I kind of like you. Well, actually, real quick, in terms of choices, because Julia, Julia does a lot of art because she, um, she studied biology. She was a biology professor, and she did a lot of artwork for yeah. her studies. And there's a little point in that beginning thing where they talk about how they meet and fall in love, where Julia's drawing you, and she asks you to pose. And the two options are you pose like He-Man or you strut around like a Victoria's Secret model. I chose strut around like a Victoria's Secret model, and later you can you see Julia's drawing of you, and it's just like Henry posing nude, being like, "Look at how fucking cute I am." I love it. That's what I chose, right? I love it. You mean Delilah, right? No, it's. I think it's the drawing that. No, Delilah. Delilah's drawing of you is literally an awkward-looking, scruffy guy with um with a beard, and it says Henry White Shorts. Yeah. But what I think is interesting about the way you guys are describing the ending is is that it it really is is that it sounds like there's this all these really cool um conspiracy things within the game that have the potential for like a genuinely awesome setup. Um but I, I also think it's kind of intriguing that games which are oftentimes so much about self centering you and doing you get to have a and power fantasies about grand stuff is that like this game about like you should get about about getting over yourself about like yeah like, yeah you are not, you are not life, the center of the universe you are not the center of the universe that you may be the hero of your own story but you are not that life is that you that your your agency in your life is on a very much more human if level I, if i didn't want to have agency in my life you know what i would do what? i would go out to work <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you know, I mean, that's what games not work <laughs> i think that's what's cool about it is you're not the hero of time you know you're not the chosen one you know <laughs> henry the hero of time well, so saying, you know, there's no plot twist yeah it's just I mean, unless you call it a plot twist. Like, there really isn't, like, a, that, that sort of plot twist. And there's all this expectation and all this chance, but none of it really ever pays off, which I actually really appreciated so, in life. So, that actually brings up an interesting point to me. Uh, is the, and I love getting these three different perspectives yeah. about this game. I think this is really cool. Um, <laughs> yay, team! Yeah. <laughs> and, yay. guys, yay! I miss you, Allie. Um, so, too, buddy. Oh. so, anyways, well, I think it's interesting is that... Uh, how exactly? I'm curious. How do you? How do you think one really does advertise a game like this? Because so much of the art of it is that fake out, where it's like, "Hey, yeah. you're going into the, you're in deep. What's going on?" 
and then the ending thing isn't like you know and you know if the ending thing was like aliens or he's insane <laughs> or cthulhu or murder or they you know like if it was any one of these more conventional twists you'd be like oh yes of course the advertisement didn't tell us that this was an alien game because yeah like you know like you don't get the twist from like you know like you know do you want mm-hmm. us to spoil everything but on the other hand because the twist is something conventional i think it does have a legitimate trish's reaction is very legitimate because like it's not the kind of game you were expecting but how can you convey that this is not the kind of game you're expecting without ruining the experience <coughs> right. for people yeah. like uh, right. uh dan who like seems to like really liked it i don't know what do you think how would you have preferred this to have been advertised it's- because it's hard. Because it's I hard. I don't, and so, I don't have an opinion to go so, really on this. It, this it reminds me of how Gone Home was advertised, actually. Yeah. Because Gone Home was advertised in a very similar vein. Yeah. Um, the way, honestly, I would have focused more on the act, on the best part of the game, which are, is the character interaction. And the, yeah, the but you can't game. market that in the thirty-seconds no. TV spot. That would be like a game about walking around and doing menial chores in the middle of the woods. And but I mean, wait, you mean Minecraft? Naked teenagers. What's that? You distance. mean Minecraft? Walking around and doing menial chores? Yeah, but that sort of grew in its own way. You can't really market a game on the, on the spot like that, you know? Yeah, Minecraft, we also, I, I'm actually really curious about Minecraft in terms of like how much of Minecraft's growth was based off of public and private school teachers using it and homeschooling right. groups using it. Because like, I think a lot of people who like seem to have gotten really into Minecraft was because it was used as an educational tool. It's like, oh my gosh, we can get kids playing video games being innovative. Um, and I know people were into it. There was a Minecraft community before that, but I'm almost certain that it spiked once you had schools like sponsoring Minecraft and making it happen, which is awesome. But I'm just curious, because now Minecraft is one of the biggest things in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, Tristan, you were you're saying like you like market it like Gone Home or did the character yeah, interactions more on Gone Home and like as because it, it it is at its heart it's a story about these two people it's about Henry and Delilah and how they interact with each other um and I would have focused on I would have focused on the banter I would have focused I, you know what I would have done mm-hmm. I would have built it as sort of a more of like a lighthearted like bantery sort of like semi-adventure game I would have shown off like the rock climbing mm-hmm. you know scaling the stuff interacting with things finding stuff mm-hmm. I would have done it that way and then had the paranoia conspiracies stuff be the twist to then untwist it rather than having that be the focused focus and then having it taken away from you because if you go in expecting that and it builds that and it teases you with that and then it goes oh no it wasn't actually anything all along that's one thing so if you go into it being like oh you know so you know this is their story how they interact and then it starts kind of going dark you're like, oh, this is kind of weird, and maybe I'm paranoid. Maybe Henry's just losing his mind because he's been out in the woods for three months with only one person to talk to over a walkie-talkie. And then it pulls it back. I think that's a different sets up a different expectation. And you feel like you've gotten more out of it because you had this unexpected like twist into darkness, even if it then pulls it back. You might Rather be... than expecting this twist into darkness, having it tease that twist oh. into darkness, and then go, oh, no, not really. Do you mind if I throw you guys a curveball? Uh... <laughs> yes. And yeah, and actually, like, like you can take it first out if you don't mind. Um, do you think maybe one of the reasons why we're having difficulties, like how you advertise it, and also just how you define it, and like how excited you all are of this, is that do you feel that at this point in games development, even though the games are being uh, are more and more being accepted as an art form, that one of the problems is that like oftentimes we limit designers limit themselves in terms of genre when it comes to games. 
that we oh definitely yeah what, what do you think Sorry, about that in terms of definitely. like that the genre paladin games have an expanded because if this was a movie like and you just give this as the plot of a movie and like all and, you know, oh it would be great it would be great you could also market it like a drama it would be a drama and you'd have like I would do and, it, I would do it as a TV show that's yeah. how I'll do it and I would each episode take place every like have each time jump. Cause, it, cause you don't play it through like consecutive days. Like you'll go and like it's not persona. Yeah, it'll be like June twenty first, and you'll do something there, and then I'll jump to like July third. Yeah, as the next jump. But what do you think about the Ellie about the topic of just genre in games of like of like the, the stuff that's common that we have that that's commonly used for genre and like what like what we're limited by and what how you think we can expand it. I mean, I think this sort of goes, this goes back to the point that I had earlier for me. A game is something that I interact with, whether it's very minimal button pressing or very, like, you know, a lot of variation in mechanics and button pressing. And I think as long as we restrict ourselves to, like, well, horror games have to be like this, and action-adventure games have to be like this, and shooter games have to be like this, it's going to stagnate and not grow as a medium. I, and I, as an art form that is to be respected. Yeah, I, that that makes sense to me too. And actually, I, I gave the game a bad score on the on the site when I when I reviewed it because I reviewed it as from a gameplay perspective solely, um, and that was the way I reviewed it. But now that we're having this conversation, I I, I always love the story. But now that we're having this conversation, I, I think part of the reason why I gave it such a low score was that was the expectation that this was supposed to be a platformer. This is supposed to be a first person game without any interactivity with the environment like a typical story-based game and it wasn't it was like a first person adventure but then you could like interact and you could rappel down walls mm -hmm. and you could leap over chasms and it was different than anything i'd ever seen i think that kind of alienated me a little bit um and i think um just real quick to something that you brought up tristan that i thought was interesting was the idea of it as a tv show i think would be really cool but at the same time part of why i liked it is that you are so, despite the fact that you are talking to Delilah constantly every single day, you are so isolated from anyone else in the world. And I feel like if you bring that in, maybe as a movie it would be better, but if you brought that in as a TV show, I feel like that'd be a little more difficult because for me that feeling of being in his shoes and being that far away from other humans, save for my walkie-talkie, really helped to immerse me in the actual story and make me feel as a part of the story. Whereas I feel like if this were a film, it'd be like, oh, that's really sad. He's all by himself. Okay. I, I, I Whatever. Agree. I kind of agree with that myself. And one thing I do want to mention, I don't know, Allie, if you, did you watch any TV spots or any, any ads before you played the game? or, or did Only you... very few. I actually tried to be pretty uh, media blind about this game. There were actually TV spots for Final Watch? A little clip of it and I was like, okay. I need to, like, not see anything else from this. I, I did a very similar thing for Dark Souls 3 as well. I saw one trailer and I was like, nope, no more. I actually knew nothing about this game. I saw one screenshot of a walkie-talkie and, like, the logo. And, and I jumped into it there. So I was totally surprised by the sort of the, the horror or suspense element of it, the mystery. And I had a similar reaction to Tristan originally when, when it first turned out that there really wasn't anything there. I was really disappointed and really kind of mad a little bit at the game that it did that. But then after I finished the game and kind of like took a step back, I really found myself enjoying and liking what they did. So. Mm. 
genre if that is to say tristan your criticisms are still totally valid because again like how do you advertise a don't, game like this it's almost don't give them don't give them the edge there they're not they're they're not valid <laughs> no he's my friend and i appreciate his opinions even if i think they're dog shit i'm just kidding <laughs> no i mean and i'm just gonna go over here well, <laughs> and play Death, Dark Souls three. Well, and not use the attack button. Oh, so I can die just use over the and over. So, so I mean, I think another thing in terms of genre why this sounds really cool to me is it sounds really like an example of like a game is drama. But uh, like this, the, the genre of this game sounds like drama. It is drama, which yeah. is again familiar in TV shows, familiar in movies, and. It's as interesting as both. It's a fan of media and someone who's seen the landscape radically change. Is my time as an adult and as a consumer and as a creator. Like you know, when I make, when I write fiction, I write screenplays, I write novels. Like I operate in genre. I love genre fiction. I have. I am thrilled that we have so much, so much good, good genre fiction. I also remember when. The time when we nerds hadn't won the culture war. Because let's face it, you know, <laughs> one of the ridiculous things about us, like, letting our persecution po- complexes from high school take over things uh, is is that we have literally won the culture war. I'm not saying life is good for all nerds everywhere. I'm, like, I'm sorry, what's the most popular t- show on broadcast television right now? Big Bang Theory, you say? Well, I, I, don't, I hate Big Bang Theory. Oh, I, I, hate, I, I have problems with that show, too, but... As if like just like Game of Thrones is a cultural phenomenon, yeah, and we're gonna yeah. get the Wheel of Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're also and we're also gonna get the Name of the Wind, yeah. and the Expanse oh is a thing, and, well, which is apparently seen? great. It's Dark Tower. We're gonna Dark get the Dark Tower, Tower too. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. And Sam was actually talking to me about the Expanse the other day, saying it was incredible, and that yeah. it should be. A... Yeah, Sam Ross. So you're also fans of Sam like, Ross. Yeah, yeah. I love him. It's cool to be geeky now. Is yeah. Very much online. so. Um, and you're not yeah. getting shoved into a locker anymore. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And so we're getting all this all this different media. So and you know, comic book movies <laughs> are the biggest thing since Apple Pie. By the way, did you guys see the new X Men Apocalypse trailer? No, I've it not yet. looks great. I mean, they basically they I mean, they they have like filters, hey man, like shot playing, and, and pretty much it's like I was always excited for it because I I really like the apocalypse storyline, but it basically means looks like it's going to be Mystique slash Jennifer Lawrence's story. Looks like that that's going to be the main focus, and I mean, come on, having the most interesting character and the best actress and focus in on that is like. Have you, have you heard? But you're ruining so many so men's, men's fragile, fragile childhood. childhood. F their childhood. How could you do that? Uh, I get to see Jennifer Lawrence act amazingly as a blue mutant. <laughs> have you heard how Marvel is trying to move heaven and earth to get Spider-Man and Deadpool in a movie together? I oh, God, didn't know they cry. were trying. They're to, trying. They're trying to make that team up happen. Yeah, because right now, so Spidey was for a very, very long time part of Sony. I know. That's why we kept getting those terrible movies. Marvel spent a lot of money getting the movie rights to Spidey back, which is why he's now in the Civil Avengers. War. Civil War. Well, right. Captain America. Captain Civil, America War. Civil War. So now that brought so now to the Marvel, guys by the guys who did the Winter Soldier, which was by far the best yeah, movie. Yeah, done. the Winter Soldier was so good. Mm-hmm. So good. It was like, all right, we can still do comic book movies. It's, yeah. it's okay. It's like, okay. Yeah. We, we can go beyond. Yeah. So, so Marvel's now got Spidey again. Deadpool is part of the Fox side, right? Of it, um, but right now Marvel is—they are working super hard to bring that back in. Like they're trying to get everything; they're trying really hard to get everything back into the fold, so they can go wherever the hell they want with this cinematic. They want the they full. They, they want the full cast of cinematic characters, and 
let's see. And before we get back to the, to the genre of conversation, like, you know, this is, I will say that one of the cool, cool, great things about what Marvel has done with their cinematic universe is that they've made a popular cinematic universe while not having access to their two most popular properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, people are like, oh, Iron Man, but that's really because of the movie and such. Like, their most popular properties mm-hmm. by far were are Spider-Man and the X-Men. Yeah. That's what you think of as Marvel. Mm-hmm. Then it's just like a lot of... Then it's like Captain well, America for nostalgia feel and then a bunch of also rants. And yes, come at me, Thor fans. I love I love Thor and I don't really like Iron Man, but that's because I don't like neocons and, and iron shoot, suit shooting things. Go Team Cap. <laughs> but, but when it gets to... You know, there's a lot of historical... Things. Fantastic Four could arguably be argues is bigger than that. And they didn't think, have access to them either. I'm going to say this. I don't think there's a way to make a good Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, uh, I no. think they're probably. Well, I think at this point, impossible. at this point, I yeah. think it is scientifically I think impossible. At this point, the well is poisoned. Probably gonna have to wait until like you know, Gen three. Basically, well, basically, I think you're gonna have to wait till like a the twenty if this thing is still going strong. You're gonna wait till the to the twenty twenties Gen of the Marvel movies. Like, hey, right. we need to inject something fresh. Let's bring in the Fantastic Four and let's make this do something cool, do something actually cool with it. Uh, but yeah, so like to loop it back to genre, um, and then I'll have you guys talk more. <laughs> it's all good. So, um, but loop it back to genre. I, I I work in genre. I love that we won. But something that I think is constricting with games is that like I love that I get to play sci-fi and horror games, but. I think honestly that there we need to open up more genre space because the fact that mm-hmm. just like drama, which is like a as a straight drama, which is I a think, very I, powerful thing in movies and games. Oh, go on. I think that's why Game of Thrones is doing so well. Yeah, is that it's it's got the geeky, it's got the fantasy, but that is a kind of a sliver of it. It's a historical fantasy show. It's a historical fantasy show, but that the drama is what drives that. Yeah. That it's well, a, it's based off historical fiction tropes. That's the thing. It's a drama show. Right. It's a drama show. Like, first and foremost. Yeah. With a slice of fantasy in there. Yeah, which is... Uh, which and once it, they've gotten everyone hooked, now they can start sort of... Cranking it up. In, bringing the magic back in, bringing in the dragons, bringing in the White yeah. Walkers, bringing in... Oh, definitely. Because now people are invested in these characters because of the drama. Mm. Whereas if you... Start that stuff from the beginning. You turn off a lot of people. It's just oh, it's just a it, what? It, it's Lord of the Rings for sex. Ah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, I'll, I'll believe in Game of Thrones again if they ever bring in Lady Stoneheart. But that's just me. So yeah, I'm I'm very torn you. about this watching this new season because. I I don't want to get any book stuff spoiled. Although my dang Facebook feed is spoiling <laughs> stuff from <laughs> from the show, even if since I'm not watching it. But so I, I because I'm like team books 100. percent But but yeah, in terms of like genre, genre, like you don't get like straight drama or or really that much comedy. Or there's so many different genres that you see in other fiction that you don't see in games. What do you guys feel about you know? Games opening up in a way to like see like what if you made a movie like The Hours? Has everyone here seen The Hours? You've mm-hmm. seen The Hours, right, Allie? Nope. 
Passing the hours? <laughs> no, I, oh, think, I, I think you're the only one here, man. I guess I'm the only one with like the with the taste pal taste pal <laughs> oh, okay, of a middle aged right. no of a middle aged well, woman. This is not saying it's like I have better taste. Like I'm saying I'm a, a middle aged woman, and actually I'm seven years old because like masterpiece mystery is my favorite thing. But you make the oh, oh until dawn until dawn until dawn until dawn <laughs> until the break so, of dawn. Yeah, what a great I fucking played, game. I played a little bit of it, um, and I actually played with with my girlfriend who isn't Gross. doesn't play video games, doesn't know even what like Legend of Zelda is. And which is for me is like what? what? Um, in so fact, wait, you're you wearing a Hylian shield shirt. So wait, you him. and Tristan share the love of Legend of Zelda? <laughs> yeah, Who sure. You can sh- me. I don't. We we need to find you a good Legend of Zelda. Game. Anyways, I tried playing Ocarina of Time. I appreciate it. I like the story twist, but it's essentially a puzzle game, and I just want to kill things. Anyway, so <laughs> enough of you. Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so until dawn was really cool. Because we can play it together, and it's it's really a, not a lot of gameplay to it. Again, it's like button prompts, and you kind of Some interact quick time with events ca- here and there. Quick time events, and then you kind of interact with the characters, and you make decisions in those button prompts as to what you're going to do. Right. But the characters themselves are sort of out of your control. I know, Allie, you're probably <laughs> begging. You know what? I'm going to stop. Allie, go ahead. Talk about it until dawn. <laughs> I, until no, no, I was listening. Dawn. I was just like, I just, I keep thinking about how much I like that game. Yeah, but really, like, you're in control of the characters, but not quite. So they yeah. do all the stupid things that you see in like those those teenage teen slasher horror, movies, teen slasher flicks. Yeah. Um, that and you're not in control. So they'll go outside mm. and they'll scream at at the murderer or whatever, and you have no control. You can only control certain things. Um, but it's one of those idea examples of like a game that sort of like takes like a like a drama like a t- archetype and runs with it and allows you to kind of have fun with it in a game game scenario. Yeah. No. Which is I, I mean us talking all this. I mean I think that maybe there are that i do think that there are more games that like break out of conventional genre in the gaming things that maybe we think of than we think of initially uh but i do i i still do think that it we that at the end of the day it would be great if that continued on to expand and both with you know the walking similar stuff but also with more just like actual gameplay things because there's there's no mm-hmm. reason why a game where the basic baseline is normal life can't have gameplay interactions because like let's face it driving to work require is a is a deadly proposition in the normal world <laughs> it, it, it is requires actual time especially when, when, when you, when you can you look at uh, tri- like the trekking simulator games yeah yeah it's well when you can use their boss in every day as an adventure yeah. oh totally <laughs> i'm mean, just like i mean you could basically make a role-play game about working in a bar in boston and that would be great you don't even have to include the I mob kill everyone your cocktail skill has increased to 27 <laughs> yeah was- no you have gazed into the booze dimension. <laughs> well, one thing, ding, 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 well, ding, ding, one thing I hope that will sort of spur some of this is if you've seen some of the stuff that's happening now with some of the VR options, especially the uh, HTC Vive, because it's room scale, mm-hmm. opens mm-hmm. itself up to different types of experiences. Interesting. Um, if you guys take mm. a look on, on YouTube, you can find footage of it for uh, Job Simulator. I've seen that game. That looks really cool, actually. Yeah, it's set up as a, like, you are this curator of the Museum of the Future. You are running the History Museum. See what what sort of things humans did in their day-to-day jobs. So, like, one thing you do is, like, a convenience store teller. And the robot is like, and I will take one of those meat cylinders, referring to a hot dog. So you you pick up the hot dog, you put it on the grill, you run it up. (laughs) Um, 
there's a there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of like little mini things in there, or the stuff um, or, or like the VR lab that Valve put out with all these sort of little mini experiences inside of it. Um, with any with any luck, having this sort of new opening of ways to play with any luck may drive some of this stuff. Or heck, even the um, even the 3D drawing program inside of of the Vive, which lets you draw and paint mm. in your 3D three dimensional space. Like That's you, cool. okay, I didn't all know about that feature. So, so like you, you, all you people listening can't see it, but for example, like I could take the controller and draw a line like this in three dimensional space, and that line actually exists in 3D space. I can then walk around and look at that line from different angles. Yeah. You know what that, that makes, makes me want? want? That, that makes, makes me want, want a, a, uh, a Vive reboot of Okami. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> See, I've, I have a little bit of a different perspective of Okami, because I, when, G, uh, when I was on Bera, hanging out with Bera. you guys on G2, um, spoiler alert, Allie, Allie, Tristan, Bera, and I, we stop. all went to the same college together. Bera, Bera um, I'm gonna have to stop you. Wait, what'd you say? If, the, if, if in the next 30 seconds you were about to smack Same. talk my absolute favorite game of all time i'm, I'm gonna going smack to talk anymore. your absolute favorite game of all time ali <sighs> don't worry we're all on your side oh, well, of course duh. it's just i watched it being played so much and i think if i'd actually been played it i would have enjoyed it but it's just like ah oh, people are playing okami again all right it's also like Zelda, so he doesn't like it for yeah. that reason, too. It's true. Oh, yeah. no, 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 Zelda, then you definitely won't like Okami. So, you know, actually, you know what, Vera? You can yeah. be my friend. For now. Okay. <laughs> Until the next oh, throwdown. Yeah. It's true. Uh, wait, we th- we're throwing down? some point. At some point, anyway. we'll do another three-headed throwdown. Sweet. Uh, but, yeah, no, so I think it's... Yeah, anyways. I lost my trace. Uh, Ali, talk. About what? <laughs> Well, <laughs> you're an independent and being. Are off the rails. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you guys have? And just trying to keep everything on track here. Is there anything else? Like if we're talking about genre. I think we kind of close that off pretty nicely. Any... I think yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, so there's hope for the future. Yeah. Yes. Oh wait, the rift. Right, that was the thing. I don't. What are you guys' general thoughts about just the thr- the 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 VR stuff? Because I gotta be honest, I'm not really excited about it from what I from what I like and get out of games. And I'll talk about that after you guys get stuff. Like, I don't really see much in VR that has that's really exciting me in order to use it. Okay, so my stance on it is that I think if people adopt it, yeah. it can become amazing. Right. For the sheer level of immersion, and like I said, with the Vive, having sort of this room-scale VR and sort of the freedom that gives you yeah. to sort what's of that, work. Sorry, what's that tapping noise? I heard tapping noise come from you guys. Uh, like maybe I was just like moving my chair or something? Don't know. Do you still hear it? Yeah. N- no, it's gone now. Okay, weird. I don't know. Maybe something was... <clears throat> Do not know. Um, but yeah. Um, but in a way, like the device sort of opens up these options now for like room scale experiences, and even then, people have, have already with the Vive done things around that, like being able to put yourself not just like sitting in front of a screen with a controller, but being able to like be in the environment, like being able to get up close and look at something, or like peek over a wall. <clears throat> is, I think it, it can be a tremendous step forward. Whether or not it actually get off the ground, whether or not people actually do anything with it, remains to be seen. Right. 
Um, I've also not had a chance to properly experience a BR solution myself yet. I'm serious, I am giving serious debate, however, to investing in a Vive. You were at PAX. What did, <clears throat> I was you? not. You were not at PAX. Nope. Has anyone gotten to put these goggles on yet? So Ryan was at PAX. Unfortunately, yeah. he can't be here today. <laughs> um, we will. I think that's this is a great topic. Like, maybe at some point, if one of us does get our hands on one, and we could just be like, we could just go into it. And but I don't think any of us here have actually put one on. No, we we, no, we, we, we have I have pretty bad motion sickness, and I want Me too. to be into it, but that's a that fair point. I have bad motion the sickness. Price too. is just it's it's out of yeah. it's so that, it's that's out of my future right for now. I mean, so the problem right now is that the solutions are very expensive. And they aren't shipping immediately because they're they're backlogged. And I yeah. would, I, I you know, maybe I'll change my tune when I actually put the goggles on and stuff. It, it wouldn't be the first time that my leadite butt, once I finally experience piece of technology, likes it. Cough, iPhone cough. Uh, <laughs> but great for work. Uh, but what I will say is, is that what I play games for is, is that you know, like if running like if this guy hates Okami and Zelda, what is it like at all? Well, like I really, I play games mostly for story. I love being involved in beautiful interactive storylines. That's why I'm a huge StarCraft fanboy, as you will see in our StarCraft yeah. two, <laughs> two two playthroughs. Uh, that's why I love uh, love horror. That's why I love horror games. Uh, that's why I like Halo. I mean, people give Halo a lot of guff, but at least the first three games I'd argue for. I hated Story in Five, but like that story was actually beautiful. In, um, <laughs> uh, in other news, just to make sure we can hit our quota, yeah, uh, certain. Certain tournaments are considering banning Bayonetta from Smash. Yeah. Now we have now about... talked about. We have now talked about Smash Brothers and Halo Four. Yep. Our quota has been reached. <laughs> Halo Four is a thing. <laughs> so it's it's so you guys are new. Um, it it's basically a thing that at some point in every episode of the Splittercast we talk about Halo Four and Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. So somehow. somehow, how are why, so why is Halo Four a thing? Because, because of that and, his, and his, his hate of Halo 4. Yeah. Halo 4, as someone who plays Halo 4 its story, I you know I play against my friends when we shoot at thing, play, and sometimes I will play it on, on the internet. But like, I play Halo games because of their story. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who's a Halo story fan, I thought mm-hmm. Halo 4 definitely messed with a lot of the good work Bungie did. The their explanations for the for, for the forerunners. Jeez. And everything. It's almost like Bungie took all the good people with them when they left Microsoft, and 343 is made up entirely of the uh, talentless remnants. Well, no. the fact of the matter that is a sick burn. <laughs> and the thing is, is that yes, like three, the story, the backstory that Bungie was working with is clearly a lot cooler because clearly there was no like, oh, humans fought these people and then were devolved. No. Humans somehow were the forerunners. Straight up. Nothing else. Yeah. Humans were the forerunners. You play the... one through three, and that is the clearest, clearest thing. And they had to do all this cold, convoluted, counterintuitive thing, which you don't understand in the game. You have to, like, go back to and... stuff like, that was not good. But it still played well. There were moving moments. The stuff with Cortana, it worked enough. It was disappointing <clears throat> on some levels, but I think just... As a whole experience, it worked. Mm-hmm. Five, however, was just like nut shot after nut shot into the what makes it what makes the end. First, the whole freaking you can get revived after you die. No, that's not what Halo was about. Halo was about punishment and pain, and and no, you're not allowed to like run out and get shot in the head. It takes away basically everything. So there's this. That's five. Also, evil Cortana. 
is awful because <laughs> I'm sorry, Cortana is my waifu. <laughs> and right. She's great, but um, I mispronounced waifu. But regardless of which, like, you know, the relationship with Chief and Cortana is this weird, messed up, beautiful love story type thing. And they basically use that for emotional fodder and then stomped on it. Um, I mean, it's not as if you can't have Cortana as a villain. They just did it in the cheapest, most naked way possible. And then, you know, do you mind if I spoil Halo 5? We should we should wait for another we episode. For another okay, we should probably rant on more. But I will, yeah, I was just like... We can. I'll get into more. Like we we should get more into it in depth later on because Halo yeah. Five to me was I think for it set up enough stuff of like okay let's just go forward, um, and it hit a lot of beautiful emotional <clears throat> arcs. Five is where I think the series jumped the shark, and the only real way to bring it back is literally to have actual good writers come in there I and think, try to salvage. The I damn think the thing. only way to bring it back is if in Halo Six, the rampant AI Durandal from the Marathon series shows up. With his super heavily modified alien cruiser, and she goes, "Hi guys, I'm your new god now. How's it? How's it going?" Yeah, that would be great. That'd be, that'd be great. I got to tell you, yeah, it's a person who enjoys marathon. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, yeah, that would be a, or even better if you just. I mean, right now, this is going to sound silly. I would love for. I would love it if after this like trilogy happened, if people for the next series of Halo games literally just. Restarted the trilogy from the point of Halo Three, where Master Chief is in the th- is in the thing. Like, as much as I'm okay with what happened with four, with considering what happened with five, would anyone really, truly, honestly be sad if they brought Bungie back and be like, "Hey, Bungie, how would you have conti- continued Halo from Halo 3? I don't think they would have. You think they would have just stopped it with "Wake, wake me if you leave me." Well, wake, wake me, me with you. Wake me when, when you need, you need me. me. Just stop it at wake, yes. wake me when you need me. Make that the end of the story. Make that the end of the story. And Master, just make Chief it good. Has, Master Chief has done his duty. The Covenant War has ended. The elites, the Sangheili, have sided with mankind. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now the now the epic warrior returns returns to his slumber, so that when he is needed again, he can be called on. At some God only knows point in the future. His job is done. Let him rest. Can we do a whole spoiler cast on Halo at some point? We did already, but we can do another one with you. Yeah. Um, And we'll. I was was just going to say, Allie and I would like us to rerail this train. (laughs) Sorry, Allie. I'm a terrible person. Cortana uh, is hot, and I would like to kiss her. That is all. (laughs) We <laughs> continue to the next spoiler cast. Hey, man. Yes. Um, the spoiler cast where I just talk about how attractive I think Cortana is in my adventures and trying to kiss a computer waifu. You could, also, you could also give us your top 10 computer waifus. <gasps> I would love. <laughs> <laughs> if you're willing to make shameless right, content right. with us, we will right, too. All right. Spoiler cast number 38 waifu, waifu, waifu cast. That's yes. Yes. I, can we also have like an honorary Hezbondo cast though? Because I have a lot of those too. You good. know what? In, well, in, in you know, honor here, no, here's of what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We'll do a top 10 female booties in gaming and we'll do a top 10 male booties in gaming. Sounds good. Oh, God, I love it. Bless, bless America. <laughs> yeah. Or, welcome, you know, welcome to the fold, Alex. Dan sounds so excited. <laughs> I'm also. I mean, <laughs> I'm just it, like, let's just, just want to talk about video games. No, no, we're we're off the tra- we're off it, the rails. It, we are it, heading over the cliff. And in praise of fluidity and sexuality, like I would not be opposed to mixing waifu and hibaz- hibondo into one top ten. Yeah. 
I mean, you just, know, why make you choose? Because, because there's really attractive video game faces and butts that I like. Yes, so yes, actually, exactly. The Tita Belcher list. Laura Laura K Buzz kind of has the market on video game butts, and I feel like I'd be encroaching upon her territory. I'm sorry, Laura, if you ever somehow listen to this someday. Is Laura K Buzz someone we all know. Be interested in? Besides, as we all know, Salt Snake would be number one. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah, that's a nice booty. Uh, well, no, no, Miranda from Mass Effect. No, 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 no. Snake would be number one on the male side. Miranda would be number one on the female side because that booty is genetically perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that Tristan likes big butts, and he cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, does anybody have anything else to say about indie video games? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, I still need to show you two and have you two. Yeah, we'll take a look at Super Hot after this. Um, Ali, is there anything else? I mean, anything else you want to add here at all about the games we talked about today, or anything? Um, no, I, I think I'm pretty good. Again, I, I feel kind of bad that I really only played um, Firewatch out of them. I keep meaning to get my hands on Unravel. I just, I'm sorry to disappoint you, beautiful Swedish yarn man. I'm hey, sorry. Uh, hey, I failed hey, you. hey, Ali, I didn't play any of them. You, you're, you're not, al- <laughs> you're not allowed to feel bad. Okay, really, you're not allowed to feel bad. Okay. And, and Unravel will I'll probably try. go on sale soon enough. Yeah, sweet. And we can talk about it in greater detail at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Hey. Great. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Do well, we want to wrap this up? I think yeah, we, we want to wrap this up. We're going to cool. wrap it up. So um, thank you, everyone. You can you can check us out on iTunes or Stitcher um, at the spoiler cast, two words, spoiler cast. You can check us out on our website at threeheadedvoid.com. Make sure you also check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash three-headed-boy. Because we have a unique URL! Do we have a Twitter? Yeah. We do not have a Twitter We, we do. We do have a Twitter and a we Facebook. We have a Twitter Facebook? Yeah, so they've been around for a while, but nobody ever uses them. Can I? There. Can you give me the keys to the Twitter yeah. so I can just randomly tweet gaming personalities? Sure. Can, we just sh- tweet butts. Just tweet get video game butts. Yeah, we should also try okay. to pick a fight with Gamergate. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get you guys all those creds. Um, that's totally cool. I'd love awesome. to see more action there. Yeah, um, definitely, because I want Ali to... <clears throat> Ali, if you get, I want you to have the key so you can tweet every single butt. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Vera and Ali for coming on today's show. I really appreciate you both being on here. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you guys so much fun. Wonderful. I had so much fun. Um, I'm sure I don't good know. To get, uh, yeah, it's good to get back in the swing. Yeah, yeah. it's great. So hopefully, you guys my will apologies join us again. for being sick and coughing. I feel. Hey. I feel. Allie, you were perfect that. in every way. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome to have you both on here. So definitely, really I thought it was wonderful, and I had a great time. So great. Do so it again yeah. soon. Yes, again, again soon. soon. All right. Good All right. night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Boom. Good night. You wish you were special.
Shoot. 